Good morning and welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren for May the 24th. We are recording this on May the 21st, so things may have changed since we've started. So I wanted to let you know that we are continuing to look at how we can come back and worship together as a group. This is in process and we don't have a date yet as we are working out all the logistics, but we are working to have worship together again soon. It'll probably be outside together. Keep your eyes on your emails, check in with your deacons. We'll let you know more information as it comes in. The music this week, Bev will be playing Jesus is All the World to Me by Will Thompson and it's arranged by Bill Wolliver. Janice will be playing Everlasting God by Chris Tomlin. And the hymn is number 100 in the blue hymnal, Praise Him, Praise Him, words by Fanny Crosby and the music by Chester Allen. We continue to have our Bible study every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock using Zoom. We will continue. Um, hopefully we will be finishing up first, the first letter of John this week. We'd love to have you join us. Just check it out online. Again, email, call us here. We'll make sure we can get you hooked up. I want to thank all those who continue to financially support this institution and allow us to do the work that we feel called to do. Your offerings mean so much to us. If you would like to donate or tithe to the church, feel free to mail it in. We check the mail daily or you can drop it off here in the building. We'll make sure it gets to the right place. I invite you now to join into our worship with music and prayer. Welcome.
you'll please pray with me. Redeemer Christ, who came and taught us the way of God and brushed away all the obstacles in our way, we come to bid you farewell. We know that you are returning to the Creator, leaving our plane of existence. We do not feel ready to be without you. We know that you will continue to walk with us, to guide us. We know that the Holy Spirit will come soon and live with us. But we will miss you, speaking with you face to face. Bless us. Bless us with the strength to bear the commission you have given to us and to walk through the sun and shadows of our lives proclaiming the good news. Creator God, we lift up to you those who need your healing these days, our sisters and brothers that we know close, and those far away. We ask for our community to be safe. We pray that your presence is felt for those who are alone. And we pray for the safety of those who go out and continue to work in this world. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've given us. Amen.
We have two readings today. I'm going to read both of them from the New American Standard Bible. The first one is Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It's the last verses of Matthew. And Acts 1, 4 through 11, which is the opening of Acts from Matthew. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were still doubtful. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. From Acts. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, Jesus said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not so many days from now. When they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even the remotest part of the earth. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. A cloud received him out of their sight. They were gazing intently on the sky while he was going. Behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing looking into the clouds? This Jesus has been taken up from you into heaven and will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Blessed are these words for our lives. Amen. Have you ever returned to a place that you hadn't been in a long time? Especially a space that at one time was like a central pillar in your life, like your old school. How much of your teenage life was centered around that building? It's, it's all too familiar. And yet somehow, after a few years of being gone, it's very foreign. You're walking through a space that contains, in a way, a ghost of your history, a past. And yet, overall, you've been forgotten there. I spent eight years working at a Friendly's. It, and in those eight years, I did basically everything. I, I cooked, I managed, I served, I cleaned, I maintenanced, I scooped ice cream, whatever. I also implemented a lot of change there and procedures. Some things were those that were handed about down by corporate. Sometimes it was things that I started myself knowing that what we currently had could be made better for us. I trained and worked with 
and managed hundreds of people in my time there. And because of my positions, my general focus was often on cleanliness. Now, if you've been in my office, or you're my wife, uh, you'll know that this sounds really weird, because my office is always a mess. But there is a big difference, at least in my mind, between the cleanliness of one's workspace and cleanliness for the public and food safety areas. Trust me, it's different. Anyway, I knew that building more intimately than anyone else. And there are probably some areas that I had to go into that I think I've been gone for four years now and probably no one's gone in since. I knew that me leaving there to go to seminary was going to be a major shock to the system. Now we had a lot of time of lead up, time to, to train replacements to handle the various different things that I knew and handled myself. And even after all that work, I continued to receive calls for the next few months of people asking, well, how do you do this? Or where is this kept? Or who do I contact for that problem? When I went back to visit a year or so later, it was really weird. There was a little bit of change here and there. I mean, the front was basically the same. A couple new pieces of equipment in the back. The biggest change was the people. About half of them I didn't know. When I went back even a little long after, longer after that, it was maybe a quarter to a third of the people I knew. It felt like my existence in that space, that space where I had nearly given half of my waking hours for eight years, like it was being erased. All that time and effort, literal blood, sweat, and tears, slowly being covered by sands of time but I had gone. I was no longer beholden to that place. I had moved on towards the goals that I felt called to, towards work that frankly brings me joy. It was still frightening. It was still frightening to go back and realize how disconnected I was now, how different it was now. But I think it was because of the loss of a fallback plan. That job, job was hard, and I do not want to go back. So if you're one of my old friendly folks that I used to work with, no. But I think a part of me said, you know what it is to be there. You can always go back. You know what you're doing. You can do it really well. You have certainty. And you don't need to jump into something unknown. Uncertainty is scary. Even when certainty is not a good choice or even a safe choice, sometimes we choose certain over uncertain. How much harder is it to leave a situation that you wish would never end, though? Like saying goodbye to a loved one at the airport. That plane doesn't wait for anyone, and yet it's really hard to let it go. Can you imagine what the disciples were feeling like as they stood on the hill looking up into the sky? What were they thinking? Did they think, maybe, maybe Jesus will be coming right back? Were they not ready to let him go yet? Was it like watching that loved one 
disappearing into security, knowing there is no reason to stand there and watch the world pass you by, and yet not able to move either. Men of Galilee. At least that's what I imagine has happened. The jump of shock when those two men in white yell out to them. There's that time for quiet reflection. A time to look at that last place you saw the loved one. A time to visit a space that you once spent so many years of your life in. But now is not the time. There is work at hand for these disciples. They didn't know exactly when and how that work would go. But the Holy Spirit would be coming soon. To make a timeline clear, Jesus' ascension was 40 days after Easter. And a month and a bit later, that'd be about a month and a bit, I'm sorry, after Easter. And the Holy Spirit would be coming just 10 days later on, on Pentecost, the birth of the church. I'm actually preaching on what I'm pretty sure is Ascension Day. Pentecost Sunday is not that far away. I need to read both of these scriptures today. The one from Matthew and the one from Acts. The first, that Matthew, that's the last verses of the gospel, which we started reading all the way back in December. So we're finishing the story of Jesus' time. And then we moved on to Acts as we prepare for the next, well, act of the story. Pun intended. I wanted to read both, though, because it also shows a disconnect. Jesus makes it clear in both Matthew and Acts of what those followers are to do, those disciples, those ones who are just staring at the clouds. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded to you. And you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Sumeria and all of the remotest parts of the earth. And yet the disciples are still waiting. They still even ask, Jesus, is now the time you're going to create the kingdom of Israel? You know, the kingdom of God here on earth. Or is it going to happen really soon? Like, say, tomorrow? Next week? Pentecost is coming up. That's a great day, Jesus. We can set it up on Pentecost. They haven't let go that Jesus isn't going to establish the kingdom the way they understand it. They aren't ready to say goodbye to Christ or their expectations. It's one of those reasons I imagine them jumping. This shock of realization suddenly flooding in. They were going to have to do something new. They were going to have to do something scary. They wouldn't be seeing Jesus in the flesh again. Life moves forward. You eventually have to head back home from the airport. You can't go back to high school as a student. 
and I am not going back to Friendly's. We have a week from when this is coming out. We have a week. We gave ourselves an entire four weeks to prepare for the Christ child, but we only get a week from Christ leaving to prepare for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. It is time to let go. It is time to let go of your fears and expectations. We don't know when, and Jesus tells us we can't know when the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, will be established here on earth fully. So let's not worry about that. Let's instead concern ourselves with the task we were given. The task that will soon be supported by the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Pentecost is coming. Are you ready to say goodbye to what once was and to pick up the work of Christ and continue the walk towards him? Thank you. As you go into this week, may you be able to let go of your expectations of what's coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. Let's see where God leads us next. Amen. <laughs>